Welcome, Pewter Report readers, viewers, and listeners to a brand new edition of the Pewter Report podcast, energized by Celsius, the official energy drink of PewterReport.com. We have a very exciting show for you as we are live from New Jersey, where myself, Matt Matera, and Adam Slavon were at joint training camp practice today between the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the New York Jets. It was such an eventful day. So many things went on. and We want to say what up to all the pewter people that are watching us during this evening's show. Like I said, I'm Matt Matera. Join with me is Adam Slavon of PewterReport.com. Adam, it was a heck of a day today, was it, it not? It really was. A ton of action. You saw all the fights breaking out. Uh, six of them. It was hard to keep count. And then, obviously, there was a big injury, but also a lot of big plays made. Uh, there were some guys that really impressed against the Jets, and it was a good sign as they're, they they have a tough matchup ahead of them because the Jets, in their first preseason game, they won 27 to nothing against the Panthers. Going up against another NFC South team in the Bucs, be really interesting to see how the Bucs hold their own. But based on practice, they really did. And they had some attitude with that. Yeah, there was um, a lot of fire shown by the Buccaneers today. We'll get into all of that. Obviously, a lot of news regarding this man, Levante David. And Richard, I agree with you. We should be recording from a bodega. We are recording from one of our uh, hotel rooms at the moment. We'll have a different location for tomorrow's show. Um, as well but we'll, we'll talk about more of the housekeeping later let's get right into it Adam because the the news happened very early on so for those just uh just to inform everybody so the way it worked is we got to joint training camp practice the Jets have multiple fields just like uh the Bucks do in Tampa yep. so for warm-ups the Jets were completely on their own on one field the Bucks were completely on their own on another field. And that's where a lot of the uh, viewing uh, video photo, all of that stuff took place during the individual. So if you see a lot of photos that we're putting up on the podcast, where you're not seeing too much of the bucks against the jets specifically, that's because the photo and video uh, was shut off by uh, the PR teams of both teams before we started getting the seven on sevens, 11 on 11s and everything else in between. Um, but yeah, we got to start with the big news. Obviously, super unfortunate. You saw it on the graphic. Russell Gage, really, really bad injury, a knee injury, and it looks like he's going to be out for the season. Adam, uh, you were on that side of the field yeah. when that play was going on. Can you kind of walk us through what happened? So it was right at the beginning of team drills when the Jets and Bucks were breaking up and kind of going up, going against each other. What was weird with the Gage play is that it was a non-contact injury. Uh, there was a Jets defensive back on the play, but he's kind of a few yards away. And Gage just went down on his own. And right away, you can kind of tell it was bad because players from both teams, they were getting at it all day. They weren't getting at it on that play. They were all on a knee, just kind of being very somber. And then about five minutes later, he saw the cart come out. And Gage, he was going out on the cart. He kind of had his head down, looked like he was in tears. Just really unfortunate. And especially because just a week ago, head coach Todd Bowles, he said that uh, right right about now would be when Gage is being in in every play and kind of stepping up as that third wide receiver in the offense. So just to see him go down 
right now it means next man up. And Chris yeah. Godwin, he kind of alluded to that in his press conference. Uh, each press conference today kind of talked about Russell Gage and just how heartbreaking it was. But it also means an opportunity for some guys like Trey Palmer, David Moore, uh, another experienced wide receiver, Rakeem Jarrett. Now he might make the team as a sixth wide receiver and obviously Devin Tompkins. So just really unfortunate with Russell Gage, just kind of like a freak play. And it just kind of been the tale of his Bucks tenure because he had the hamstring injury, the concussion in the playoff game. And now we'll see what the diagnosis is, but it's not good. Yeah, we'll talk a little bit about what this means for the Bucks wide receiver room. I know we talked about it a little bit. We also have a super chat to get to. But first, um, we'll, we'll get to the video. It's of Todd Bowles talking about Russell Gage at the time before the news came out from Jeremy Fowler that he is going to be out for the season. Just the reports of what he, what Todd Bowles was told about it. And then we spoke to Mike Evans and Chris Godwin as well and just their reactions to the unfortunate situation yeah. for Russell Gage, because you're right, Adam. I mean, this was last year. It was a little bit of a disappointment for the season that he had. Didn't totally work out, but it seemed like if he was fully healthy, this new, somewhat new Bucks coaching staff, obviously with Dave Canales as offensive coordinator and Brad Isaac, the wide receivers coach, they're both very excited about Russell Gage. And unfortunately, they're not going to get to use him today. So let's get to this video. Uh, we're here it's going to be pretty serious. I'll wait to hear the final results, but he's been battling back the last, obviously, since he's been here, it seems like. Uh, we wish him the best. I can tell by the way he was sitting on the truck that it's probably something that happened pretty bad. And we'll, we'll, our hearts go out to him and we'll see how it goes. There's no silver lining. Yeah, man, my heart was out to Russ. Like, that's, that's my dog. And, you know, and he, like you say, he's been, he's been battling some things like, since he's been here. So to see him go down again, you know, it's, you know, it's very, very tough. Um, we're praying for him. I'm going to check in on him when I get here. So I, I don't know how serious it is, but, you know, hopefully it's not too bad. Great to see it with anybody, especially someone like that you're close with. Um, you know, like you said, it's, you know, there's opportunity now for other guys to kind of step in, and we got a great group of young guys that have been working their asses off for our camp. Um, you know, now it's time to see who, who's going to step up and to be able to fill a, fill a big void there. Um, but like you said, I think there's a lot of guys that have the opportunity to and have the ability to. So we'll just see how that plays out. One of those how much this impacts the team, what he means. so unfortunate. He was just getting back in the, to, to game ready shape. You know, he was looking good, had a, had a mid nice catch, and uh, like his knee broken a little bit. We don't know the severity of the injury. You know, we've been praying for him you know, the rest of practice. Uh, I just pray that it's not as bad as it looks. Yeah, understandably, a tough situation to talk about, especially for Mike and Chris being in that room with Russell Gage and you know, going through so many practices and, and and battles with him. So we definitely send our best to Russell Gage and hopefully he can recover from this and continue his career. Because as we've seen with the Bucks, knee injuries have, especially with Ryan Jensen, have yeah. been a huge issue. Um, but at some point, obviously, the Bucks have to focus on what's next for the wide receiver room. And Adam, you were talking about it a little bit before. Someone in that room has to step up. Whether it's Devin Tompkins, who has been doing things during training camp, um, made some plays today, wasn't maybe the focal story. Yeah, Trey Palmer was a stud again. We'll talk about him in just a moment. Um, this kind of opens the door for Raheem Jarrett or even Cade Warner or you know David Moore has a, a likely shot at the team. But we do have this super chat from Trustin Vorbeck. Thank you so much, Trustin. For this 499 super chat, Trustin asks, You may have spoke about this. Any chance we go grab a free agent wide receiver? 
T.Y. Hilton or Sammy Watkins because of the Gage News. We appreciate it, Trustin. Uh, thanks again for that super chat. The problem is we're getting closer and closer to the um, you know the season. So especially at wide receiver, you're not always going to see guys like that uh, you know be available, kind of star players. I saw someone mention. So we got two laptops going. That's why yeah, I'm looking yeah. like this a lot. I uh, saw someone mention um, Jarvis Landry. Now, that is a guy that's intriguing. Yeah. Uh, out of everyone else, uh, T.Y. Hilton was a mention as well. T.Y. Hilton's kind of up there in age, as Trustin mentioned. Sammy, Sammy Watkins, Watkins too. Injured a while. But Jarvis Landry, you have that connection. If Baker wins the job, there is that connection between Baker and Jarvis Landry. And although things didn't necessarily work out with Baker and the Browns, Jarvis Landry was a beneficiary of Baker. Yeah. Uh, interestingly enough, when Baker was on the Browns, Landry was the top target with Odell Beckham either being injured or just not really productive, had a lot of success and kind of the same profile as Russell Gage, somebody that could benefit being in the slot, maybe not especially getting uh, being a deep threat in 15, 20 yards down the field, but just being like a slot guy, really good on slants and kind of in routes. He'd be really intriguing and he's still young enough to have upside within the Bucks offense. Uh, so interesting uh, if they go that route, but I don't really see them going after a veteran wide receiver just based on the talent that yeah. they have and a lot of in-house options. Rakeem Jarrett, he looks like an under-the-radar steal. Uh, Baker Mayfield himself said that earlier this offseason. And then you have other guys like Devin Tompkins. He could really break out in his second year. But we'd be remiss if we wouldn't talk about Trey Palmer. And he stood out the most of all the receivers today. Now, he had that nice touchdown catch in the first preseason game against the Steelers. He connected this time with Kyle Trask on a 60-yard deep ball, and he kind of got lost in the sauce. Sauce did. Sauce got lost in, in, his, sauce. Own, in yeah. his own sauce. So I uh, just want to get to the Super Chat first before we keep talking about Trey Palmer because Tusk3, thanks for the four ninety nine Super Chat. Uh, Tusk says, what do they do if Evans or Goblin goes down for a game or two? No proven depth, no big body guys either. I'll answer this in the sense of, okay, if you look at the Bengals, if you know if Jamar Chase and T. Higgins go down, or A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith, yeah, no matter who your top two wide receiver duo is, if you're missing your top two receivers, you're odds are you're probably screwed um, in a game. And now, especially with Russell Gage. With that said, and this goes hand in hand with Trey Palmer, the Bucks have a lot of unproven talent but guys that can make a name for themselves with trey palmer who we just talked about devin Tompkins, i know is going into year two but rakeem jarrett is looking like a diamond in the rough so i understand the no proven depth but there's a lot of potential on this team and trey palmer i mean he said it the other day before we we even got to this joint training camp he was asked specifically about playing against Sauce Gardner and was like, it's just another name and yeah. just another face. Doesn't really matter who it is. And on the play specifically, we actually got a great breakdown from Chris Godwin about it. And Godwin said that it was cover zero because the, the Jets were sending the house. So there was no safety help on uh, for Sauce Gardner on the play. Bucks did a pretty good job protecting it uh, from what I saw. And it was further down the field. So, uh, but the Bucks put it on their social media. So clearly it was a good enough play. So I would definitely recommend to everybody to check it out. But it was just Trey Palmer beating Sauce Gardner deep. 
Yeah. Um, and I see Richard saying sophomore slump, a sophomore slump. Ooh, that's, that's a good, a good one, one there. I'm not going to say it's a slump. I just think Sauce Gardner got beat on the play. I don't think yeah. you necessarily have to look too much into it. But Trey Palmer, he proved it in the first preseason game. He proved it today. He made a nice out uh, outside catch as well, Adam, right? You yeah. saw that one. Yep. Uh, it was about 15 yards down the field. Uh, one of Baker's best throws on the day. And then you just saw Trey Palmer adjust and make the catch. And so with Trey Palmer, he really looks like the full package and not only having the 4.33 speed to beat a guy like Sauce Gardner, but also having the body control. I mean, you saw it in the Steelers game, that catch. Like yeah. He did the tiptoe. That was really he well did. done. And so far, he really looks like the leading guy to be the number three wide receiver. And going from LSU, he played with guys like Justin Jefferson and Jamar <laughs> yes. Chase. And now he plays with Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. So he it's might just play point. with the best wide receivers um, in each league he is a part of. You are 100% correct. He just surrounds himself with great wide receivers. And the reason why I'm putting this picture of Dave Canales up, to kind of answer this further, because someone has to step up, because if something, God forbid, does happen to Mike Evans or Chris Godwin, we saw this play out last season, Adam. It happened against the Green Bay Packers, because let's remember, Chris Godwin got injured in the beginning of the season, and then Mike Evans got suspended against the Saints. So going yep. into Green Bay, Russell Gage, who was playing but injured and clearly limited, if you watch the game, clearly limited, even though he did score a touchdown later in that game, the Bucs were down to slim pickings. And because the offense was different and it was a lot more of, hey, go out and please win your one-on-one -on -one matchup, when you're asking wide receivers four and five to do that, when you had Rashad Perryman and Scotty Miller going out doing it, yeah. it didn't necessarily work. And they didn't even really use Devin Tompkins to the, you know, to the point that they really could have. This season with Dave Canales, the new offense, way more horizontal, way more about getting guys open quickly and focusing on that yards after the catch. This offense clearly is not going to be better if you don't have Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. But right. Adam, if it comes down to a scenario where it's Trey Palmer, David Moore, and Devin Tompkins, I'm not going to say I love it. I'm not even going to say I like it, but I'm okay with it. I yeah. think the Bucs can be competitive in a situation like that. Now they're going to need that quarterback play to elevate, but I just, I think the Bucks could keep the ship from sinking in a scenario where Mike and Chris are coming back at some point and you got to stay afloat for a little bit. That's really all I'm trying to say. Yeah, I, I agree with you. That's a great point. And I don't even think it's out of pocket to say that Palmer, David Moore, and Devin Tompkins are a better trio than Brashad Perriman, Scotty Miller, and Julio yeah. Jones based on last season just because they're younger, they're faster. I mean, that was the method of the Bucs offseason off was getting yeah. younger and faster on both sides of the ball. So really see them as an upgrade and then just also having the upside too because Julio Jones, he spent most of the season injured. Don't want to see Julio Jones. Yeah, he's still a free agent, but don't see him coming back. And then Brashad Perriman... Uh, kind of a journeyman wide receiver. And Scotty Miller, uh, got to like what he did in 2020, Bucks fans, uh, against the Packers, making that nice catch over Kevin King. I remember that vividly. Yeah. <laughs> but at this point, just not too much. But you have a guy like Trey Palmer, just really exciting. And if Evans and Godwin go down, God forbid, as you mentioned, Trey Palmer, he's really exciting. And he could be next in line. But you take any top two receivers away from a football team, obviously they're going to get worse. 
And last thing about Trey Palmer, Mike Evans and Chris Godwin both said today, Mike Evans specifically said, this was Trey Palmer's best practice that he's yeah. ever had. This is the best that Trey Palmer has done. So what does that say? He's getting better and better and better. Yeah. And he is riding that momentum of a great game, a good game, a good game against the Steelers. I'm not going to yeah. say great just yet, uh, but a really good game against the Steelers. He's been riding that momentum because the last couple of practices in Tampa were pretty damn good. And then he did what he did today against one of the best corners in the league. So the arrow is trending up, 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 yeah. upwards for Trey Palmer in a time where they're really going to need him because wide receiver three is still very important to the Buccaneers. We got another super chat. Thank you so much, Bucks Basement, for the $5 super chat. You're always chipping in for pewterreport.com and appreciate everyone with the super chat so far. Remember, if you super chat us, we will make sure we answer your question. You get to cut the line. We can't answer everyone's question. We appreciate everybody watching, oh, yeah. uh, but super chats get first priority. Uh, Bucks Basement says, I'm all for just going with what we have. Bucks are paying off the credit card this year, compete next year with a new head coach and hopefully a top quarterback pick. Bucks Basement, I appreciate the super chat respectfully. I'm going to disagree with that last part about, um, you know, a new head coach and, and a competing top quarterback. Next year. I see him competing this year. Exactly. I see him going over six and a half wins. Yeah. Uh, is that how you see it? Yeah, I know you were uh, talking with Stephen Che about that. I was. The six and a half wins. You got to go the over, even if they go seven wins. It's very likely they get seven wins this year because I think we've embedded this point home. There's too much talent on both sides of the football, yeah. especially on the defensive side of the ball. And we'll get into that in a little bit. But just having so many dynamic playmakers on offense with Evans and Godwin, uh, the new scheme with Dave Canales will have so much more life in it than anything with Byron Leftwich yeah. and his red pen. But just seeing that and knowing on defense what you have with so many guys, I think there's nine starters that have made a Pro Bowl. Yeah. Something pretty close. So just seeing that, definitely got to say they're going to be competing this year in the NFC in the NFC South. And it's a division. I mean, you saw it with the Jets and the Panthers game. The Panthers didn't look that great going up against all the Jets backups. And so – It'll be really interesting to see again what the Bucs can do against the Jets uh, in this preseason game coming up. No question about it. I think that NFC South is very wide open. Um, I think there's going to be a huge, huge learning curve, especially for Bryce Young with, you know, with the Carolina Panthers. I'm not totally sold on the Falcons and their quarterback situation. Carr is probably the best quarterback in the um, division, <clears throat> but um you know, Baker Mayfield and Kyle Trask very much in it as well. Adam, the other biggest storyline that came out of practice today, because, again, so much was going on. If anyone is a fan of, like, boxing or the UFC, they try to – especially the UFC, they try to, like, stack these, these pay-per-views with fight after fight after fight, some good cards. That is exactly what we saw at training camp today because there were at least – Five or six scuffles, dust-ups, skirmishes, whatever you want to call it. There were a fair amount, and we're not going to go through every single one. But the most surprising thing was that in two of them, Levante David, yes, I'm saying that correctly, Levante David, the inside linebacker for the Bucs, the longest-tenured player for the Bucs, a team captain and a future 
Ring of Honor member, not only got into two fights, but the second one that he had, he was absolutely enraged. Yeah. He was incensed. I had never seen Levante David be like that in a training camp or even a game before. And I even went up to Rick Stroud, who was at practice as well. And I said, Rick, I know you've been covering the team a little bit longer than me, but I've never seen Levante be like that. And Rick essentially agreed with uh, you know with what I had to say. Rick was saying that he's usually the guy that's pulling people oh, yeah. away. Um, the first one, he got into a little altercation with uh, an offensive tackle for uh, the Jets, who was also wearing number 54 that was billy turner and levante made a tackle for a loss and then uh the pushing and shoving happened you can actually see it in our article on pewterreport.com the bucks camp insider uh, a couple other bucks got involved including jamel dean but the second one was so surprising because levante had his helmet off mm-hmm. like he wasn't even in on the play he had his helmet off and he was Having a lot of words with a cornerback of the Jets. I think it was Brandon Eccles. Yeah, Brandon Eccles. And Levante, helmet off, goes charging at Brandon Eccles, screaming at him, pushing everyone, then got involved. Because obviously Bucks players, especially on defense, are going to be like, oh, if Levante Davidson, I'm going yep. in as well. And it was Ryan Neal, who actually has been a peacemaker a lot. Ryan Neal was the one that pushed – Devin White and Rashad White away a couple of practices ago when they were jawing at each other. It was Ryan Neal and I think Will Goldstein yeah, Will was Goldstein in, was in the mix ahead. too, pushing him away. But Adam, what would you think about seeing a completely different side of Levante David that we're not typically used to seeing? I just want to say with the Bucks coming up to New Jersey, they really brought that heat in the practice. And Levante David, he was in the center of it. And just seeing Levante David like that, it was really surprising. And just wanting to get in on the action. Now, if you were an MLB fan and you watched maybe two weeks ago, uh, Jose Ramirez and Tim Anderson going at it, Brandon Eccles and Levante David was almost a reenactment because they were shuffling on the sides, (laughs) ready to throw up fists. And Levante David, he might've done his best Jose Ramirez impression if he wasn't held back. But just seeing that and seeing how charismatic and fired up he was, has to be encouraging for the Bucs and just seeing how much fight that some of these players have, and especially Levante, a guy who's been through some dark times and then obviously reached the pinnacle in 2020 with the Super Bowl, just still wanting to keep that culture and that hunger alive, I think is going to be really vital for the Bucs this year. And you, uh, obviously with the talent, that's a big point and seeing some guys leave in the off season, but the culture is almost just as vital, if not more vital uh, to success in a football team, because you need those guys that are leaders in the huddle and they can really motivate and encourage. Yeah. I'm with you. And I think sometimes fights can kind of bond teams yeah, in a exactly. sense, like Mike Evans is talking about it and you, we have the video, we'll play it soon, but you can all see in Mike's face. He was kind of enjoying it. Yeah. Todd Bowles did not enjoy it. He wasn't a big fan of that. So Levante was in the middle of two fights. There was a fight during special teams early on. Couldn't exactly tell who the players are because the pushing and shoving happened right away. We're only allowed to be at a certain point of the field. Um, and then, you know, a thousand players jump in and you, and you see a lot of different stuff. Josh Hayes, the rookie from Kansas State on one play, it was him and a Jets receiver. The Jets receiver's jersey was like really bunched up. So I wasn't sure if it was 88 or 85 and I didn't want to falsely accuse a, a player of getting in an altercation when it may not have been them. But 
it was Josh Hayes and a Jets receiver. They legitimately had like a wrestling match of who could bring the other one to the ground. And then, you know, pushing and shoving, hitting the face. Josh Hayes' helmet got ripped off. Like that's how aggressive that it got. Um, There was another one in the mix where like Anthony Nelson had made a tackle. Nelson wasn't necessarily the one doing the pushing and shoving, but again, pile-ups, everyone going. There's going to be great content for Hard Knocks next week just with those fights alone. And then uh, one of the last ones that we saw as well was your guy, Luke Gedeke, against Jermaine Johnson, who is in his second year. He played at Florida State, balled out at that senior bowl uh, last year, which was incredible. Um, He's been a really good pass rusher for the Jets, um, especially this year in preseason already. Gedeke went after him. He went after him. He almost like put him in the headlock uh, in the moment. So good to see a little more emotion from Luke Gedeke. But, I mean, man, Adam – it seemed like every single play, it was like, they better blow that whistle because the fight yeah. is going to get worse and worse. And uh, just to mention a couple other plays, uh, Cody Mauk, he laid down uh, Solomon Thomas on a rep and yeah. absolutely pancaked him. And you mentioned uh, Josh Hayes. There was another Bucks defensive back, uh, Carlton Davis. Heard he, of him. Yeah, <laughs> he might have. Uh, he threw down Garrett Wilson on a play. Uh, Aaron Rodgers threw a pass to Garrett Wilson's way, and Carlton Davis just said, hey, you're going to the ground, man. And so – uh, that was really interesting to see. And uh, Levante David, I spoke to him briefly uh, after practice. When I asked him about the defense, he just said it was uh, pretty solid. You know, guys were locked in. Yeah. Just throwing people to the ground, pancaking, you know, it's all part of it. And so just seeing the, the offense and the defense get in on that and display that fire was really nice to see. And kind of a change of pace uh, for both uh, teams and going up against some different guys, having different looks and different schemes. And it's really going to benefit the Bucs. Yeah, and the Jets had a uh, joint training camp practice last week as well uh, against the Carolina Panthers. So had another one today with the against the Bucs. Maybe it's good that these teams only yeah, had one tomorrow. practice because yeah. <laughs> it could, could get even worse tomorrow. Uh, let's get to Todd Bowles and Mike Evans both discussing the the fighting that went on. Of scuffles about uh, out there today. You, you mentioned it before. Did you feel like the intensity level was higher from the beginning just because you're playing against someone else, or did it kind of ramp up throughout practice because of what went on? It ramps up. I mean, it, it's kind of, it ramps up and it continues on special teams and it kind of gets overheated. We really don't want that in the game. We don't teach it. I know Robert doesn't teach it as well, so try to keep them to a minimum. At the end of the day, everybody's just trying to push people around. But one doesn't want to get punched and one doesn't want to throw a punch. So it's kind of that way, but overall, I thought it was good work. Were you surprised to see it from Levante? Because he was getting into the mix and, you know, he's the leader. And, and these joint practices, everybody gets into the mix, but, you know, you don't want it in the game. Ever seen, I don't know if it's because we're going to practice against him one day or what, but uh, this is the most I've ever seen in a joint practice. And I had a lot of joint practices in my career, and this is the most fights I've seen. But they were quick, you know, they were all like settled, you know, after everybody's, you know, cool now. So, sorry. You know, seeing all these battles and scuffles at, at training camp kind of fired me up too it very much made me feel energized which of course reminds me of the official energy drink of peterreport.com celsius energy drinks uh great to pick some up in new jersey as well you can find a celsius energy drink no matter where you are whether you're in tampa whether you're in florham park new jersey whether you're in east rutherford well where we'll be tomorrow for uh bucks practice we'll talk more about that later but you need to find a celsius where to get one Go to uh, the store locator on the Celsius website, 
punch in your address and it'll tell you the closest geographical location where you can find one at your local convenience store, maybe a supermarket, 7-Eleven, Walmart, Target, or your bodega. Bodega. All right. All right. We're working on it. We're working on it. Um, yeah, we're, we're going to try to get to a bodega at some point on this trip and pick up some more Celsius. But, of course, uh, no sugar, no uh, post-energy drink crash or jersey. You get another product out there. It's absolutely fantastic. So many different flavors. The new one is the Cosmic Vibe, which is a sparkling fruit punch. Can't go wrong with the sparkling lemon lime or the sparkling orange, the Arctic Vibe, the Fantasy Vibe. So many awesome different flavors. I had an Arctic Vibe this morning. Um Strawberry kiwi guava, strawberry lemonade, cucumber limes, another big one. So a ton of awesome flavors. Uh, watermelon, too. A ton of great flavors. Um, if you want to get the variety pack, it's variety spice of life. Maybe get that kiwi or that uh, pomegranate. Um, go to Amazon. Do the subscribe and save. And you can have it sent to your residence every week, month, quarterly, yearly, whenever you want it. Just make sure you're drinking Celsius energy drinks. Make Celsius your number one pick with peterreport.com. Adam, let's talk a little bit about the offense. You were watching them at least at the beginning of practice. I was lucky enough to see the Trey Palmer play uh, later on. Uh, but we got to talk about Kyle Trask and Baker Mayfield. What was your overall thoughts about how they did in today's practice? Yeah, so besides the big play to Trey Palmer, the Bucks quarterbacks today were mostly quiet. Uh, not a lot of big plays. Overall, I would say solid. Uh, Kyle Trask obviously had the connection to Palmer on another play. He rolled out of the pocket, escaped two Jets defenders, did a really nice throw on the run about 30 yards down the field, uh, but it fell incomplete. Uh, otherwise, Baker Mayfield, he really just kind of threw passes up the middle for about eh, eight to 10 yards or so, just kind of moving the chains. Mm -hmm. uh, John Wolford, biggest play out of him was actually an interception, uh, a Jets defensive back. Really, he picked it off, took it to the house. So on the offensive side of the ball, not a lot of big plays. Uh, later on, there was also Rashad White. He had a run up the middle. Uh, Robert Hainsey and Cody Malk kind of cleared a path for him. So that was really interesting to see, especially in his own blocking scheme. They're really going to need to do that this year. Uh, it might be Hainsey in week one now that uh, Jensen's status, it's looking unclear and question marks are kind of arising every day. Didn't really see him out there at all today. Uh, no, not even not not, not even, even not dressed. He he just wasn't there. So really concerning with that. But otherwise, for the offense, kind of a quiet day, I would say. Yeah, it seemed pretty. I think pedestrian would be the right yeah, that's word. A good word. I mean, you have the big play to <clears throat> to Trey Palmer, but really outside of that, there wasn't too many of the the splash plays, the excitement. Um, I think Baker was able to move the ball pretty well in the two-minute drill towards yeah. the end of practice, so that was a good sign for Baker. Um, it was obviously an even better sign that neither Baker or Kyle Trask were a were turning over the football, which right. has, you know, obviously been a, a big topic of discussion for Tampa Bay. And I think Trask clearly had like the top, um, you know, the top highlight play of the day. So. And he got to work with the ones, which I think is very important to, to point out as well. And he'll get the start against the Jets. So I'm not saying that this quarterback competition is done just yet. Yeah, not yet. And uh, speaking of Trask, one other play I want to mention, there was a play he almost got picked off. Uh, CJ Mosley, the linebacker, 
He made a play on the ball, almost intercepted it. It deflected off of his hands. And you talk about having a good wide receiver. Mike Evans, he caught the deflection and made the play on the ball. So that kind of speaks to even if the quarterbacks aren't making the most accurate throws, the wide receivers can still make a play on the ball. But like you mentioned, uh, with the second preseason game upcoming, the competition ain't over. and ain't over till it's over. So it'll be really interesting to see how the quarterbacks play upcoming this, this weekend. Um, and maybe by the third week of preseason, a starter will be named. Yeah, I mean, they got to come up with a con- with a decision sooner rather than later. Yeah. And I almost think it's much, much better for the Bucks if, you know, Todd Bowles can kind of come to a decision before that last preseason game. Unless it's that close and down to the wire that you have to see these guys play one more time or maybe play with the starters in, in a legit game. But I, I just think it's better to give one of the guys the reps and just let them keep going for that first game against Minnesota. I did want to talk about the run game uh, a little bit. I know we just talked about it. You mentioned the Rashad White, the, the 15-yard run set up by Robert Hainsey and, and Cody Malk. Malk has really been coming on the past yeah. couple of days, including that game against the Steelers on Friday. We should note that Robert Hainsey – left towards the end of practice with a trainer. He was walking off to another field. Now, we didn't notice any limp. We didn't notice really anything that would make us think like, oh, no, he's going to be injured for a while. It is something that we will have to monitor for tomorrow's practice when that um, is going on. But I thought it was very interesting today. Again, we spoke with Chris Godwin and Mike Evans, and – there was an emphasis in some of their answers about how much better the run game has got recently. Um, Is that something that you've picked up on Adam? Because it it seems that the run game, although it had its struggles on Friday is starting to pick things up just a little bit more. I would say just a little bit more. And Rashad white, he said after practice that we are placing like an emphasis and our identity is going to be on the run game this season. And I thought that was a really interesting quote because even if they struggle, they're still going to stick with the run more so than last year when they were just kind of checking it off the play sheet. And I feel like against the Steelers on uh, the first preseason game, there were some nice run plays by uh, Chase Edmonds. He had a couple solid runs. Yeah. And then another one by Sean Tucker that would have been a touchdown uh, if it wasn't called back. So you can kind of see that the bright spots are there and they need to happen more frequently. But Based on like the scheme and seeing some signs of life, it does seem like the Bucks running game is heading in a positive direction. I think they're going to be running a lot towards that left side with yeah. Matt Byler and um, you don't Tristan know about the Mark. right side yet. It's yeah. still very unproven. But how I don't know how many like passing plays you are focusing on the offensive line, but you know pass blocking has been a little bit of an issue for the O line, and obviously the Jets have one of the better pass rushing defensive lines in the league. How do you think that old line kind of held up against the Jets? I actually thought it held up pretty well. And I'm not just saying that uh, because based on last week, it didn't do so hot, yeah. especially <laughs> Luke Gedeke coming under fire from Bucks fans. But Luke Gedeke, he didn't really have those plays letting the Jets pass rushers get into the backfield. It was more so the Jets offensive line letting some Bucks defensive pass rushers get in on the action. I think uh, Rich, Rich Samini from ESPN, he said, there was 10 uh, bucks or 10 dropbacks by the Jets and the Bucks got to the backfield six times on the Bucks offensive side of the ball. 
you didn't really see that. And that speaks volumes because you have guys like Quinn and Will, uh, Quinn and Williams, Carl Lawson, John Franklin Myers, Jermaine Johnson. There's probably seven or eight guys on the Jets defensive line that could be starters. And seeing Cody Mauk pancake Solomon Thomas, yeah. <laughs> Gedeke get into, into it with Johnson, really encouraging. And they didn't get beat much, if at all, today. That's definitely a, a great sign for the Bucks offensive line. Um, I'm not going to put all my stock into that, yeah. but I'm at least you know, going to give it a, a quick shout out. Let's talk about the defensive line because they were bringing it. They were absolutely bringing it today against the Jets' offensive line. Yeah, They got to Aaron Rodgers multiple, multiple times, uh, starting with, and this was a great one to see, Shaq Barrett. So, like we said before, uh, you know, we were talking to other Bucks media that was there today, chatting with Stephen Che a little bit from Barstool Sports, shout out the Yak. And I was telling Stephen, because obviously we're there every day, and Stephen's based out of New York, he's moving to Chicago. I was saying, like, Shaq Barrett has looked as quick as he as he ever has. I was telling him about that that first practice of of training camp where he was moving and cotton and all over the place and it was great to see Shaq. He had two sacks today. One came on the left side. There was another where he he cut inside. So he actually made a move to the inside. And poor Aaron Rodgers, man. Yeah. Rodgers had to scramble for his life all over the place. But uh, Shaq had two sacks. Anthony Nelson had a sack as well. But that wasn't even the story with Anthony Nelson because the big moment for him was actually dropping back in coverage. Now, Zach Wilson was in at quarterback at the time. And... It was a bit of an odd play. Um, you could see it on social media, either in our article for the Bucks Camp Insider. Got to give a shout out to um, this Twitter account, Let's Talk Jets. Uh, I guess they were in yeah. the crowd and they could film. So um, they had a lot of the videos of from today. But, you know, obviously Anthony Nelson was in zone. He was covering a, a certain area, dropping back. And one receiver started out on the left side, but then kind of went further down the field. And Zach Wilson either thought he was going in that way or he was supposed to go to the flat and he ran the wrong route. But Zach Wilson just threw it into yeah. complete no man's land where only Anthony Nelson was the guy there. So was it the most difficult or stellar interception of all time or pick six? No, it wasn't. But Part of dropping an outside linebacker back into coverage is the element of surprise. Oh, this guy doesn't usually cover. What yeah. is he doing? And when the ball comes your way, you have to make the play. You simply, that's what you got to do. And Anthony Nelson did his job. Todd Bowles called him steady Eddie um, after practice. That's why they run these drills. That's why you see Shaq moving and going in coverage. That's why you see it with, you know, Anthony Nelson and JTS and, and some of these guys. So kudos to Anthony Nelson. seems like every single day he's making a different play. Yeah. And so you mentioned uh, Shaq Barrett and Anthony Nelson. JTS, Joe Tryon-Shanka, had a, a Jets reporter ask me, who's number nine? Uh, that was Joe Tryon-Shanka today. He had a sack up, up against Aaron Rodgers. And a couple other times he forced him out of the pocket uh, got pressure, and that's a big thing for JTS heading into this year is turning those pressures into sacks and really converting them into sacks because the past two seasons he's had, he's kind of stalled out at four sacks. So if he can double that or better, 
especially with Shaq Barrett. I mean, going up against the Jets offensive line, they're not necessarily good up front uh, with the starters, and they were playing the backups. So kind of got to take it with a grain of salt. But seeing Shaq Barrett, uh, he's probably not at 100% yet, but if he's at 50 or 60%, he's making plays. And he was definitely making plays today. So just seeing the Bucks uh, edge rushers really get to the quarterback was a nice sign. Uh, again, have to see if that translates to games, but it's there and it's building. We saw another play from Logan Hall as well, who's featured in this picture next to Kalaja Kansi. And quick update on Kalaja Kansi. He's still out of the boot, which is good. Um, not practicing yet, but he's out there every single day, which is which is nice to see. Uh, Servasse Dennis, excuse me, did not participate either. Um, Yaya Diaby and Christian Izian practiced with the position drills, but didn't do any team drills, no 11 on 11s, and obviously no Ryan Jensen either. But Logan Hall, another play, getting into the backfield, getting in the face of the quarterback, had a quote-unquote would-be sack. So that's a couple days in a row where you're seeing Logan Hall pop up. And where, he was quiet for the first few weeks. Hey, that's what I was going to say. In, in all honesty, the first couple of days of, of training camp, first couple of weeks, really, we haven't seen a thing no. from him. And maybe that's because Kalasha Kansi was kind of stealing the show, stealing the show, being the star of it. But Logan Hall has really come on. Now, we have to take this with a grain of salt because the Jets did not have a lot of their starters. In. Yeah. Not by choice. They're, they're, they're dealing with some injuries already. Makai Becton, uh, I think he's coming back. He's always well, injured. Yeah, Makai Becton actually was practicing for a little bit, but they moved him around all over the place. Um, Elijah Barrett-Tucker did not participate. Um, Dwayne Brown is still injured. He actually like showed up today, so Jets fans were like pretty excited about that. Uh, Lincoln Tomlinson as well Joe did Tipman not practice. Was, uh, at left guard. Yeah, he was. Center. Exactly. So Joe Tipman, one of their rookies, one of the best hairdos in the leagues got that uh, got that mullet going. Um, he had been practicing at center, but yeah, they moved him to guard today. So we we're talking about a rookie going up against Vita Vea, not even just a rookie, a rookie that had been focusing on one position and moving to another position. So it was a little bit of a makeshift offensive line for the Jets. So consider that when it comes to all of the um, you know all the great plays made by the Bucks defensive line. But also, I think it's a welcoming sign, specifically for Logan Hall, specifically for Joe Tryon Shahinka, that at least in the battles of guys that are fringe starters versus backups, at least for the Bucks, I know JTS is starting, they're at least better than the backups. So they're somewhere yeah. in between or have been making more plays than the backups. So there's at least that somewhere in between of going against nobodies because i don't think that's the case like there are some talent on on the offensive line with the jets but also you're not getting the best of the best so i, I think that's definitely a welcoming sign for the uh the bucks overall defensive line uh let's get to the cornerbacks as well we're going to talk about them in a moment but also got to talk about the best realtors in the tampa bay area that is eric and caitlin gross the eric Gross group. Um, they had been living in Cincinnati for a while, but they are huge Bucks fans. Eric's dad grew up in the area, uh, did a lot with the military as well. So shout out to our armed forces. Um, 
buying a house is one of the most important things that you can do in your life. It is a major, major decision, and you want to make sure that you get it right the first time. And you can go with any type of realtor, but the key with all of it is that the relationship that you have with this realtor, are they putting in the effort? Are they going the extra mile? The cool thing about the Eric Gross Realty Group is, you know, they're a family company. They have young kids. A lot of people looking for homes, you know, they're starting their families or they have hopes of starting their families. So one of the most important things to the Eric Gross Group is just getting to know their clients, you know, being on the same level of understanding with them for what they're really looking for, what you want out of your dream home. So just a great guy. We had him on the show. He knows his Bucks football. So if you want to chat the Bucks with him, he's happy to chat about that all day. Um, so many people are moving to the Tampa Bay area now. So go with someone that you know that you can trust with Eric and Caitlin Gross. You need to find out more information. Go to www.housesinflorida.com. One more time. That is www.housesinflorida.com. You won't go wrong with Eric and Caitlin Gross. Make sure you check them out. The official realty company of pewterreport.com. All right. So it's a very interesting day, Adam, with the corners because – in seven on sevens, early on, it was not the best start. Right out of the gate, seven on sevens, Aaron Rodgers hits Garrett Wilson deep. Garrett, Garrett Wilson was cooking. So. Garrett Wilson may have been the best player on the field today. Yeah. Especially out of the skill position players. And that's not a knock on the Bucks or anything like that. But Garrett Wilson was an absolute dog out there today. And Aaron Rodgers even said after practice that the big difference between the Jets practice against the Panthers and the Jets practice against the Bucks was Garrett Wilson. Yeah. So that first play right down the field, um, Aaron Rodgers to Garrett Wilson, not the most um, ideal start. Then the, the next play, Zach Wilson's in, and he hits a Jets wide receiver, Irvin Charles, with Carlton Davis in coverage, let's yeah. remember this. Carlton Davis was in coverage, and Irvin Charles got the better of him deep down the field, a good deep ball from Zach Wilson as well, and Carlton Davis just got beat. But don't you worry about Carlton Davis because you know he's a gamer. You know that he just wants to annihilate the receiver that he's going up against because he brought it after that. He had two straight pass breakups against Aaron Rodgers with good coverage. Um, one of them was on Alan Lazard. But, you know, this has kind of been the story of Carlton Davis because two pass breakups, if you just looked at that headline, you say, oh, pretty good. Nice job, Carlton Davis. But the second pass breakup, Rodgers is looking to his right. He's trying to get a quick throw in. Davis reads it. He cuts off the route. He jumped it from the beginning. And that's what a lot of these Bucks defensive backs have talked about, just knowing when to anticipate, when to when you can cheat on a play. And this yeah. is one of those moments. And he dropped it. He dropped it. He had it right there and just couldn't come up with it. But uh a not a bad day by the Bucks corners and safeties. Just not a ton of plays. Not a ton of plays. Yeah. And it's also hard to make plays, I will say, against Aaron Rodgers. Uh, 
throughout his career, I think he's only thrown 105 interceptions. I mean, he doesn't throw many interceptions, no. even in a practice setting. And his release, we saw it firsthand. He whips that ball out like nobody's business. And just being able to make the sidearm throws really goes through his progressions well. So it was a great benchmark and maybe measuring stick for the secondary and seeing how they would fare. And you mentioned Carlton Davis having those pass breakups, uh, throwing Garrett Wilson to the ground. Now, Garrett Wilson, uh, Aaron Rodgers said after practice, he might be the next Devontae Adams. So yeah. really a top-of-the-line receiver that they were going up against. But they held their own, uh, at least Carlton Davis and Jamel Dean. Uh, there was another play by Derek Pitts, uh, the undrafted rookie. He had a nice pass breakup. Uh, otherwise, maybe Zion McCollum didn't really see him at all nah. making any plays. Uh, which will be huge for him in his second season after kind of struggling in, in his rookie year. But otherwise, I would say, like you mentioned, a solid day, but didn't really set the world on fire. No, like Jamel Dean got beat maybe one time, but again, not, nothing alarming, nothing that you, ha you have to worry about too much. Zion didn't get beat, but he didn't make a play either. Yeah. Safety-wise, Ryan Neal was involved. Anton Field Jr., happy birthday to him. It is yeah, his birthday today. Birthday. Again, not great, not terrible either. Just kind of uh, – They were kind of there, but – There were some really explosive moments, whether it was the fights, whether, unfortunately, the, injure, the injury to Russell Gage, whether it was the big play to Trey Palmer. But I felt like those were all kind of mixed into some, again, pedestrian average play. Nothing to be mad or concerned about. No one got beat badly, but nothing to be like, oh, wow, this was truly incredible. Yeah. Uh, there wasn't – I wouldn't really point out a Bucks player today and say they did bad. Uh, there's a couple players you could point out that they made plays and they did good. But when you mention the secondary, you mentioned the quarterbacks, a lot of the average. Yeah. Yeah, no question about it. And uh, that was the last of the Bucks and the Jets of the – joint training camp practice that they will have. So very interesting what is going to be coming up because tomorrow the Bucks are practicing, different. but they're not going to be practicing. They're not flying back to Tampa just to fly back to Jersey and play the game on Saturday. You may know there's another team that plays in the metropolitan area, also in New Jersey, but call themselves New York. And uh, that's the New York Giants. Now you may be saying, wait, what? They're going to have a joint practice against the Giants and they're playing against the Giants? No. What's going on is tomorrow being Thursday, the Giants have a game on Friday, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So they're not practicing on Thursday. The Giants have been kind enough to lend their practice facility to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers so they can practice. Out of spite to the Jets, a little New York rivalry. They do play against each other this year, the Jets and the Giants. Ooh. So there is a little bit of gamesmanship there. Maybe they'll give some inside notes on what they saw at yesterday's training camp practice. So could be a little bit of gamesmanship there. But it's kind of cool, Adam. Today we are at the Jets facility. Tomorrow we get to check out the Giants facility, compare notes, see uh, which facility had certain things that maybe we like or didn't like. I, I thought the Jets facility was pretty awesome. It was it was cool to see it. Um, but a change of scenery for the Bucks tomorrow in East Rutherford, New Jersey, where the um the Bucks or sorry where the Giants have their practice facility so that very interesting Bucks had to change a lot of things on the fly so shout out 
uh, to their front office, their PR team, because they were able to and the operations staff. Yeah, the operations staff being able to, to adjust to all that to move all these things around is really, really super cool to see. You have to really be pinpoint with that, be right on on top of what you need to do. Um, in other words, you have to be right on the money, and if you want to manage your money in a smart way, if you want to make sure you're getting the most out of your money and, and your investments and all your plans financially, the best place that can help you out with it is Immuni Financial. At Amuni Financial, we help you live in the now. Congratulations, we're so happy Thank for you. you. Thank you. And even though the now may feel very different, you still need to plan for the future. How's retirement treating you? Oh, just fantastic. I know I say it all the time, but you really gotta come up to Colorado. Let's do it. All right. Yeah. We can help you develop that plan to keep you on track so you can still prepare for tomorrow, today. Amuni Financial. Plan ahead, stay ahead. Immuni Financial proudly serving clients across the country since 1980. That's right, across the country. So we, we know we have a lot of Bucks fans, a lot of Peter people that don't live in the state of Florida. You don't just have to live in Florida if you want to work with Immuni Financial. They're super helpful with so many things, including advisory services, legacy and retirement planning, insurance services, annuities and sales trading. Uh, and of course, uh, if you're you want to set up a college fund if you have children and you plan on uh, paying for their college using college fund they can help you out with that just give them a call over at immunity financial you can get a free consultation no charge at all check out what immunity financial has to offer what they can do for you that's immunity financial adam as we wrap things up is there anything that you want to see for tomorrow's practice specifically maybe someone that should needs to step it up someone that you want to see keep it rolling where are your thoughts that's a good question Thank and you. if i were to pick any bucks to maybe say hey keep this up i definitely would say joe tryon Chuenka and logan hall just seeing them as young buck defenders being able to consistently produce now logan hall he's going to be thrown into a starting role this year and with Klaja Kansi still injured he really needs to keep producing after having such a quiet first few weeks of training camp and then for Joe Tryon Shanka with, again, Shaq Barrett, uh, maybe not being 100% yet. And then also Anthony Nelson, while very solid, maybe has a floor of being just a very good like role player being thrown in there. Joe Tryon Shanka has all the tools to become a dominant edge rusher. It just can be. And then also maybe other guys that want to see more out of. Uh, definitely Zion McCollum mm -hmm. uh, as a third corner. And then also Devin White. Uh, from yeah. With yeah. Levante stealing the spotlight today and getting into fights and <laughs> uh, just kind of being the leader out there, Devin White didn't really have too much of an impact today. So kind of want to see his name more in the discussion, whether he's in a fight or maybe just making a play. Uh, could see his name in the discussion as well. Yeah, I'm in agreement with you with Devin White. Um, he almost had a moment where he got in a fight with someone today. It was a little more words ex exchanged. Yeah. Um, he had a blitz where he almost got to Aaron Rodgers, and he kind of got tripped up and ended up on the ground, and Aaron Rodgers actually helped him up. So not everyone had bad blood against each other. I think Devin White's a good answer. There's two guys that really popped into my head on the offensive side of okay. the football, uh, one of them being Devin Tompkins. I yeah. thought he was okay today. 
Um, he almost got into it with Sauce Gardner. Sauce just like, you know, made the tackle and then wouldn't let go of him. So I don't really blame Devin Tompkins for, you know, sticking up for himself. But obviously with Russell Gage and everything that's ha- transpired with him, you know, everyone moves up a spot. But this is a huge opportunity for Devin Tompkins, I think, in particular, given that he's in a battle with Raheem Jarrett and Trey Palmer and some of the guys that we talked about. David Moore. Yeah, David Moore. Um, the other position, really the whole room, but I guess specifically if we're going to talk about the starter, Kate Hodden and the tight ends, yeah. they surprisingly were nowhere to be found. Yeah. Like absolutely nowhere to be found in today's practice. I don't even remember making a catch. Exactly. I saw David Wells made a catch in the two-minute yeah. drill. But outside of that, not a thing from Kate Hodden. Now, sometimes that's just kind of the way – it's the way that it goes, you know. Um, so, yeah. And then as far as defensively, I know I said Devin White. I want to see one of the younger safeties yeah. do something. Like I'm not worried Izzian. about Ryan Neal. Yeah, Chris Izzian, we, we had something there. By the way, Shaggy says, uh, hit that like button. Please do so. Al Bundy, Izzian News. He worked out individually. So, yeah, I want to see one of these safeties step up. Noel Turner, we've seen it in, in moments near the red zone. But what about in 11-on-11s when you have the whole field to play with? Kayvon Merriweather. He's a little behind right now. Yeah. Josh Hayes got into the fight, but what else did he really do today? He did have one pass breakup. So one of those rookie safeties, I think, is um, you know, is something that I'm really looking for in tomorrow's practice, which will be super fun. And if you liked all the content that we put out today on Twitter, we're going to have more on Instagram, some other stuff on YouTube. Please follow us on our social media uh, pretty much everywhere on X, formerly known as Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Threads. We are at Pewter Report. And then our YouTube channel is Pewter Report TV. We got tons of content, of course, PewterReport.com. So please follow us on our social media. Please like and subscribe. Hit that thumbs up. We'd really appreciate that. Uh, just a reminder, again, for tomorrow, Pucks will be practicing at the Giants facility, that's going on around 9-15. Yeah, 9-10, 9-15. Uh, same deal. Photo, video for the beginning. Then we'll live tweet the rest of it. We're going to have another podcast tomorrow night at 7 p.m. So same time as tonight, prime time, recapping everything that went on in tomorrow's practice. We'll give you the down low on everything. Um, that we saw from it, where the Bucks just practicing against themselves. And then we'll have a podcast Saturday night after the Bucks jets preseason game. That will include Scott Reynolds as well. But that's going to do it for us on tonight's show. For Adam Slavon, I'm Matt Matera saying thanks, everybody, for watching. And we will see you tomorrow night for another edition of the Pewter Report podcast. Out. Out. Joint training camp in the books.